0: This is the Good Neighbor Podcast. My name is Jesse Sidirgo. If you haven't listened to it, in our last episode, I spoke with Tim Day. Uh, he's a National Director of WayBase, which is an online tool to help churches collaborate for greater impact. And we basically went back and forth deliberating the need we have to be efficient and and strategic when it comes to planning for social change and and social justice. And it's kind of funny because in the conversation, it kind of feels ridiculous to suggest that being inefficient is a good way to lead an organization. But, you know, when it comes to the social sector and and the complex dynamics of of care and power imbalances between giver and receiver – Things like efficiency and and big data and and suspended theories above the ground, they have a a way of mechanizing very human interactions in the community. So if you haven't listened to that last episode, I suggest you loop back and take a listen so that you can get a better context for what we're about to get into here. So in this episode, here's Tim uh, as we start here. Tim's basically responding to my reflection uh, that I just shared on how I found myself creating these conveyor belt pipeline type systems in my work with Street Involved Youth um, a few years back and the dilemma that I had between on one side a very intuitive community family type approach to care and a mechanical professional type approach so here's his response
1: now going to cross a line into a conversation okay <laughs> that if you're listening you're like what the heck just happened <laughs> just know okay i'm giving you a heads up you might need to replay this a few times okay there's there's an interest there's a couple intersection points that are really important to understand on 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 the conveyor belt thinking that has basically become normalized in Western society in modernity. Okay, it's a conveyor belt. We're going to build a Ford car down the conveyor belt. Yep. And, and that's an extremely efficient model. And it's gone us a long ways, right? We use it in education. Yep. Start grade one, graduate, get a degree. We use it everywhere. Hmm. Okay, so there's there's three fa- there's three human systems that I think are extremely important to pay attention to. We don't need one human system We need because we operate on three. We just don't talk about them that much. One is a larger social system that operates somewhat like a pyramid, okay? And it's the social system where the weak serve the strong. And it's a social system based on competency. What contribution am I making? Mm -hmm. And then what status do I make for my contribution? Mm -hmm. It happens everywhere. It's ubiquitous. It's human. It's been around for 10,000 years. OK, yeah. so that's the king at the top or the queen. Right. Yeah. And it's a competency hierarchy. You get status for making a contribution and everybody's OK with it. as long as the people at the bottom aren't being destroyed, that they have a life. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: It can and, be and right. It can be sustained. And then actually you accomplish amazing things. We have I go to the dentist and don't have pain because of that whole system. Yeah. Okay. Now you switch over to the family system. It's almost the opposite in many ways. It's where the strong serve the weak. It's good at hunting, gathering and distributing fairly. If the if the social systems that we build, large social systems are based on things like shared ideals and authority. Who's in authority and what shared ideals are unifying us? The family system is based more around things like nurture like things like caring for each other and fairness. Right. And so in a family system, it's kind of like, does grandma, grandma gets helped up and gets brought to the party, but she also makes cookies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so I take care of grandma, but I'm, and, but she takes care of me. Mm-hmm. There's a nurturing and an obligation that comes with that. Now, if you confuse the two systems, it just doesn't, we even know this. It yes. doesn't work. If I go to my boss and say, "I'm I'm down, can I have a hug? or if I come in and say, you know, can you help me unload my boxes? And I brought some cookies for you. Your boss will be like, no, it's your job. Get, you know, get to work. 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 I don't want your cookies. Right. It's a totally, but if I go to grandma's and she needs on, you know, or a little one needs some help out, we instantly jump in. We know exactly what our roles are. Now there's a third system, which is the individual. I'm on my own. I'm not in my family. I'm not in a larger social group. I'm walking down the street. Hmm. There, it's a different system, which is a lot more around things like loyalty and freedom. And that is like, are you my friend or not? Okay. Hmm. And, but if you're my friend, are you giving me my freedom? Right. Because if you're not giving my freedom, then you're trying to control me. Then you're not a good friend. Or if you're stabbing me in the back, you're not a good friend. Yeah. It's a totally different system. In the family, it's like freedom. What freedom? Get out and cut the grass. Right, You don't have freedom in the same way you do on the street. And same with work. You don't have freedom when you're at work. You're like, get to your desk, get your job done. I need that report. Yes, We submit ourselves in those. But when I'm out on the street, I'm like, if somebody came to me and said, get over to my house, we're watching the Super Bowl. I'd be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Look them if I want to. You know what (laughs) I mean? Okay. So those three systems, we kind of get them confused and we're not able to talk about them uh, clearly. And some people want to enforce a family system on politics, mm-hmm. or they want to enforce a tro- you know, social system on politics, irrespective of the other. It's like all that matters is that we care and are nurturing to each other. No, all that matters, we have shared ideals and we keep our authority lines and keep our boundaries, right? Kind of conservative, progressive kind of mm-hmm. spectrum. In fact, these we have to find a way to make these systems work together because we need them in our families, we need them in our social groups, and we need a certain amount of freedom. The libertarian, the conservatives, and the liberals, okay? (laughs) We have to find a way to work together, because we actually embody these values, okay? Here's where the conveyor belt gets into a problem. The conveyor belt tends to operate heavily on the social system that's like the tribe, shared (laughs) ideals, programmatic. It doesn't account for all the dynamics that happen in our family systems or even on in our individual system. So when you line up that conveyor belt, there can be a person who really out of their individual needs are like, this is way too restricting. You're trying to control me. Yes. You don't have an, you're not giving me enough freedom or you're in a family system. They have more family style needs. They're like, you are not nurturing me on this thing like i I just feel like i'm just plopped in a on this machinery and you're just sending me through it Mm -hmm. and you don't care about where i'm at at all right but the person who's operating the levers on the machine is like but how am i going to get you from point a to point b if you don't sit in your chair yeah right yeah yeah i'm saying yeah but then you come back "Well, well which system works is it the individual system is it the family system what works well the problem is Depends. And this gets to now, this is where I'm going to the next level of complexity. Okay. Humans, you can almost on every possible category. And I've tried to think of this and you can correct me if I'm wrong. We break down depending on what issue you're asking into three general categories, something that's generally true for a lot of people, the majority of people. Then we have another category that's like, it's generally true for a minority of people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's different than the majority. So we have a majority movement and we have a minority experience. Okay. And then we have the exceptions. Okay. So let's say out of a group of a hundred, you can say on any factor eyesight, how many people have 2020 vision? How many people can correct that vision with glasses or contacts? Okay. And then what people have such bad vision that you're not going to find a solution with contacts or, glasses. They need something bigger. Okay. You're like, well, do you know what? If you're 20 years old, the majority of people have 20, 20 or good enough vision, but there's another group minority that needs some glasses or contacts, but then there's another group, not a lot of them, but they, you know, they have serious eye impairment.
0: Okay.
1: they are exceptions. We find it very easy to find solutions on the majority and the minority but the exceptions always blow our systems Yes, because they all need individualized care. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Would you agree with me? Generally speaking. Yes. Yes. Those conveyor belts try to tell us that they work for everybody. And in fact, they don't at best. Most of the time you need two approaches. (laughs) Probably a lot of people are happy with some kind of conveyor belt school system type thing right but there's a minority group that probably need a bit more of a family style system a smaller group more nurturing it's still a group that's on a different type of program but then there's the exceptions that need one-on-one care mm. but you can't put them on a conveyor belt you can't put them in a you know you can't put them in a social model you can't put them in a family model environment i don't know if you're tracking with me how you support people is this a family style environment or is this more of a program style environment Mm -hmm. which is the broader social or is this is this person need one-on-one care yeah and i think honestly if we built most of our approaches to people that always factored those three things in and allow them to tell us where they they feel they would do best we would get a lot further in our conversations with people does that make
0: sense? It makes sense. It, it totally makes sense in the abstract. And then when it tries to be implemented, I feel that the conveyor belt just r- runs over everything else. You know what I mean? It, it it just feels like it is such a a strong movement and a temptation to allow that to dictate everything else that it. It is it is hard to to hold that tension between the three, and because our society weighs them differently and gives credibility to one over the other, it's just so hard for the others to find like space to be again not to just be an app to this conveyor belt. You know what I mean? And so, um, and so, anyways, that's that's the thought that I had. And and here's a line that the, the guy I'm researching, his name is Ivan Illich. He says that the corruption of the best is the worst. The corruption of the best is the worst. And he's referring to the fact that um, sometimes we can create something very beautiful. Like it's just amazing infrastructure that is great. You corrupt it just a little bit. It's not just bad, it's the worst, actually. It becomes so, it's just like kind of like the gospel, like the grace, like it, grace is amazing. The moment you say, well, that means I can just keep on sinning, right? It's just a little bit of, corruption makes it the worst and he's using that in reference to you know the systems that we have created he's kind of an all-or-nothing kind of guy right and and how he engages that not necessarily holding the tensions between at it all it's just in a way not as optimistic that this beast of a conveyor belt is not going to just he just sees that and 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 sometimes i agree with that it's just it being in that a lot to be able to hold those different spheres so
1: yeah i my- this is, uh, let me put some of what you're just saying there into uh, another set of words that I've yeah. used for a way of describing it. And mm-hmm. that is our greatest strength becomes our fatal flaw mm-hmm. because our greatest strength is the most powerful dimension of who we are. Yes. So something powerful has, you know, great power for good or great power for, for harm. So like I can power an entire city with nuclear power or I can level it with nuclear power. I yeah, can't yeah. do hardly anything to a city with a cool breeze. Might feel nice, yeah. but it'll have no effect on anybody. Yeah. But it also doesn't harm anybody. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. you're right. The things that are most powerful can be used for good or for bad. And in our Western world, this you have to do a bit of study in history. Um, and this also gets to those three systems. Okay. And, and this is some of what I think for people who are trying to fix the system or find the right system and think if we just have this system, then it will be fine. And I want to suggest to you that from a biblical perspective or from Jesus perspective, Mm -hmm. you actually have to um, abandon that. Abandon what? The concept that there's a system. Okay. The family system, the the, the tribe or the family system or the social system or the family system, or the individual system is the solution. None of those ways of operating, as even though they help us survive, they help us progress, in and of themselves will fix the human problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he says, this conveyor belt, it's a bad system, it's a powerful system. I would counter that to say the family system is more powerful Than the social system by far and does more damage Mm
0: -hmm. than
1: the social system does you get into any forms of abuse yeah and you look at any numbers of where abuse happens Mm. and what happens that causes people to be extremely harmed the family in every society ever does more damage than your tribe even though tribes do war and all sorts of terrible things it's just we don't talk about it it's hidden It's a hidden, therapists don't go in very often and see people who are there to talk to them about strangers on the street or their government or even their employer. 90% or more of all their issues arise from their families. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So we we shouldn't glamorize or villainize systems. And here's what I'd say, and this is the biblical perspective. That fight, flight, freeze, hunt, capture, consume, survival instinct within us. Okay? Paul calls it the flesh. Okay? And he maps it out. Mm -hmm. That survival instinct that makes us to become harmful people in our anger, in our craving, our our manipulating, our rationalizing to get what we want, to not Mm -hmm. care about anybody else, to try to control them, Mm -hmm. to dominate them to abdicate, to abandon them, all of those survival instincts that are in all of us, lurk inside of all of us, can hijack any system we build. So you put a communist system in power, what gets hijacked? You put a capitalist system in power, what gets hijacked? You put a libertarian system in power, what happens, right? We have those, those instincts. So some of, I think, what we have to do is abandon... We have to understand, have the wisdom to map it all and kind of understand how it works. But then come back to the, to the issue, and this comes into our Western world. How do we have those deeper heart conversations with donors, with board members, with key staff that get us thinking about how people really operate, what they need to progress, but then also get into an honest place where we can talk about some of the things that drive us when we get into decision-making, right? Yeah. Where people want to have control and they're, they're using money to control, right? And they're using money to satisfy an ego need, or they're using money or they want a board position to be in control, satisfying ego need. A lot of those parts of us end up making abusive structures, That are controlling and dominating you get into boards and their power we know these dynamics power plays on boards donors trying to manipulate you have to deliver results i got to see them a certain way right that's all that's all that's not that's not the system first that's that inner desire Mm -hmm. that is not submitted to god Mm -hmm. rather than a generous spirit that says i want this money to go with to what's best Mm -hmm. we're bored we need to sit and listen because we can't have just top-down solutions. We just can't have programs that are just like machinery that run people through, you know, a sausage maker. We have to get to know them and listen to what the spirit of God is saying. Like that doesn't happen on boards. Mm -hmm. They want data. They want results. They want people pushed through the pipeline. Yeah. And that, that to me, that's the system gone bad, but you can create a family modeled system. And it still will go, it'll get corrupted. What happens in a family style sp- system is smothering people. Mm-hmm. They, It's a control in a different way. It mm-hmm. is like, you will not get help unless you do what I say. And mm-hmm. it's in this very in close, nurturing, manipulative way. And it becomes codependent, becomes ingrown. And I'm like, you know, so I just say that out. I, I know we're getting into some deep waters here. But for a lot as Christians, we're supposed to be thinking, if you read through the book of Ephesians, we're supposed to be thinking at multiple levels. We're supposed to be thinking about inner heart transformation that allows us to have these types of open, honest conversations, to not pit people against each other, or even think think that a, a system will do the solution of changing the human heart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We should be the people who are like, systems don't like trans you know how to say systems are not our salvation yeah we should be able to have these types of complex conversations but talk about it at a heart level ultimately
0: so that wraps up this episode with tim um he'll be back next week again as we finish our conversation and we'll be discussing particularly the role the church plays in all of this you know, is, is the church really meant uh, to hold all these elements in tension? You know, is it really supposed to be that complicated? Uh, we have a lot to say about that. We're getting to Ephesians, actually, a little bit. And so uh, stay tuned for that. I just want to close by saying that, you know, as I was listening to this again, I, I found myself realizing there are moments when um, I I found myself longing for family like care in settings that didn't really actually meet that need. And and I actually found myself on on other moments when I longed for structure in communities that wasn't really designed for it. And I, I find in, in leadership and, and setting place and setting a context for people to engage, um, I can it's 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 very easy to to send mixed messages to people. You know, we we say on one hand, we're like family, you know, we're like we're brothers and sisters. It's it's like home um but then suddenly another moment later we lay down a policy and um we start functioning like an institution and in a way it's it's trying to be both at the at the same time is is a little bit difficult and hard i think for people particular community members who come for services or um who's coming uh, perhaps as a client to an institution when you're getting those mixed messages it's hard to know um which lane that they're in and considering all these categories, it kind of makes sense um, why there's a lot of confusion, why there's a lot of break in trust between people who are expecting one thing but getting another, um, because sometimes it just changes and it shifts, and we don't know if we don't know these categories, then we don't know um, how to how to set that space and lay out those expectations uh, properly. So. Um, I hope you got as much out of this as I did. And, uh, if you haven't already, please do subscribe or ask a question or, um, share a comment, uh, and we'll catch you in the next episode.